Jamie and I with you here on a Monday afternoon as we continue to keep you up to date on the highways around Saskatchewan as still Highway 11 between Chamberlain, Davidson, and Dundurn to Saskatoon. Travel not recommended. Winter conditions on the other areas of Highway 11 between Saskatoon and Regina. Still around Saskatoon, it says travel not recommended on area highways uh, last updated about an hour ago. So text us at one eight one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and we can bring you everybody up to date on uh, the highway conditions around Saskatchewan. And just noticing on Highway 39 between uh, Moose Jaw and down through Wilcox has just uh, jumped up to travel not recommended as some of the blowing snow as around southern Saskatchewan as well. Well, what a moment last night at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. We said goodbye to Jennifer Jones, and Rachel Holman was able to win her fourth Scotties championship, and it came down to Jennifer Jones's final rock of her Scotties career that just rubbed off the Ontario stone in the eight foot to give Rachel Holman the victory. Rachel Holman. Uh, on the road, traveling back from the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. Uh, Rachel, congratulations, but I can only imagine what's it like watching Jen's final rock come down the ice and about a half an inch or so away from perfection. Uh, but, of course, once it settles, you knew you didn't have to throw your final stone and you were once again on top at the Scotties. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a nerve-wracking moment. Uh, the girls... Um, Emma and Sarah were at at the hog line and just like couldn't quite see the line and Tracy and I thought she'd be kind of crashing on that inside rock and um, when the when the rocks finally settled and we realized we were champions it was just just a phenomenal moment to to be in the house with Tracy and and just witnessing her reaction to her first Scotty's win and it was uh, it was uh, a lot of a lot of hard work all year and over the years and um, just these last two years uh, with this new team is uh, just exciting to be able to, to finish off and going undefeated through the round robin and, and playoffs and then finishing off in that final game was just a, a phenomenal moment. Okay, as a curling fan, I, I'm just curious. What what shot would you have thrown next if that rock didn't clip that shot in the eight foot? Yeah, if she, if she had made it perfect, I would have had uh, to tap um, on the other side of the sheet, I had a rock um, just kind of would have been in front of her. So if she had gotten by and, and made it perfect, uh, I would have had kind of a, a two-foot tap or I, you could have played it with a little bit more weight. Um, so that would have been uh, kind of the only shot I had. In that moment, are, are you hoping she chooses one shot or the other? Like We saw Glenn Howard come out and says, you have to make the draw. She was looking at a tap. Are you thinking, please make that one because I... I, I'm more comfortable at this shot or anything else or not? Um, yeah, I mean, you're obviously obviously hoping for for them to, to choose the shot that, that you want them to play. But, um, yeah, they're, at the end of the day, the team's got to decide what, what shot they feel most comfortable making and um, kind of what gives them the best opportunity to win, really. Okay, uh, the other question that a lot of people uh, had, uh, your facial reaction told the story in nine. How the heck did that rock come <laughs> back two feet uh, to give Jen a chance for a deuce in nine? Yeah, just the way the rocks were 
just offset um, if I hit it a hair higher or a little bit lower, um, it would have planted and we would have, would have been okay. But it was just like, just hit it in the worst spot um, and just like redirect it off the one, um, clip the bottom and then spun back up. It's hard to believe that it took on that much spin um, when I didn't even throw it like that hard. So it was, uh, sometimes if you just hit it in the wrong spot, bad things can happen. <laughs> That's kind of what happened to us nine. It was a, another a week of uh, an unblemished record. And as you mentioned, the, this team has grown over the last two years since Tracy Fleury has joined and you made some of the roster moves. You made the flip back to skip and everything. Uh, in this new era of almost f- curling free agency, when you see teams every four years, every two years change, how long does it take to really mesh and know what everybody's comfortable with and really find that chemistry to become champions? Um, yeah, I honestly think it, it does take a couple of years. Um, the first year, I think you're, you're just relearning all new communication. With a curling team, there's only four players, and so everyone plays such a, a key role in communication and how you manage shots and, and and how you approach the game and your strategy and, and learning everyone's uh, strengths and weaknesses and the game that you want to call. So even just that alone will take a full year to, to figure out. And then um, the next year kind of figuring out how how that all works together and, and, and putting the pieces together and training together. Um, and just uh, it's an unbelievable moment to be able to play with these girls the last two years and, and find what, a way that works for us and, our team and be able to, to finish it and uh, win that Scotties and that national championship is a, a phenomenal day for us yesterday. Is this some of the best curling uh, you've had in your career, uh, Rachel, especially with only five losses this season? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I think uh, this last week was the, the best I've performed ever at a Scotties. Um, and I mean, we've gone undefeated in, in 2014, but um, I, I, I personally definitely played the best uh, curling I've ever curled, and my team in front of me just made that easy. <laughs> they played; uh, they had such a strong week, um, and uh, so many big team shots and line calls, and um, it just uh, felt easy with uh, my other three amazing athletes that uh, I got to play alongside this week. Rachel Holman joining us, 2024 Scotties champion, uh, her fourth Scotties, uh, along with Emma Miskew, her third Tracy Fleury's uh, first Scotties uh, championship. Also last night, what was it like to be part of what turned into a farewell to Jennifer Jones as you're celebrating your championship, turning around and seeing the ovation she was receiving from the crowd in Calgary? Yeah, I mean, she's a legend in the game, and it was uh, amazing to be a part of you know, that send-off and um, being a part of the videos uh, and just putting together and seeing her reaction and, and what all her competitors are just nodding their heads and, and, and giving her um, just nothing but the best and, and hope, hoping that she uh, she stays with the game because she still has so much more to give to the game. Um, and so that was a great moment and definitely emotional for everyone and she'll be greatly missed for sure. Now, I, uh, I talked to Jennifer last week going into the Scotties, or two weeks ago now, I guess, um, about 
what it would be like and going through her memories. And she she was talking about the first time she got to play against Sandra Schmerler and meet Sandra, and they were a junior team traveling together. What was it like for yourself to take on Jennifer Jones? What do you remember about your first against Jennifer as a multiple yeah, Scotties I, I champion? Do. Yeah, I remember that. Um, we, we played John, I think, for the first time. We were juniors um, in, a, in a spiel in London, Ontario. Um, and uh, we ended up beating her, actually. And it was... Uh, it was such a cool moment to to be able to play against some of your heroes and and uh, of the game, and then be able to to compete with them on the ice. It was a, a really cool feeling. Um, obviously, we've gone back and forth over the years, and um, I've played each other a, a ton of times, and she's won a ton of games, and uh, so have we. So it's it's always a, a battle out there when when the two of us step on the ice, and uh, definitely gonna miss that for sure. Okay, I, I have to ask everybody's thought. What, what's what's your take on how the format went? Although you didn't really care that much, you just won everything, so it didn't much matter. But <laughs> they keep on changing the format on you. What did you think? Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's hard to. Uh, we haven't even really sat back and and looked at what we did this week. Um, it's uh, it's all pretty fresh. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're going to look at the format and see how how that went and. Um, yeah, it's definitely different. It's weird not to have the crossover games um, and, and not to carry your record forward. Uh, just this past week, our, our pool had, uh, I think, one or two losses going into playoffs, and the other pool had four losses going into playoffs. So um, a, a little bit uh, of things to question there as to how you qualify and how and moving forward. And do we need those crossover games? Um, but I think those are all questions moving forward uh, to make sure that the top teams are all playing each other, and then you kind of rank from there. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see if the if the format uh, is revisited again for for the next year. But the, I mean, they're working hard to try and get it right and uh, try and get the best representative for Canada. So there's so many good teams. It's, it's tough to have so many teams at your nationals and, and get a perfect format. It's uh, definitely tough. Of course, uh, Team Holman, uh, one of the more active teams on social media. You, 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 you know, lift the curtain a little bit. Um, saw the celebrations last night. First off, great choice on Pizza 73. When I lived in Alberta, that was my go-to pizza place was Pizza 73. Although there's nothing better than a Saskatchewan pie, to be quite honest. But, um, some people actually texted the show, Rachel, going, does Tracy actually drink wine with a straw? Like, is this a thing? <laughs> She was drinking out of a wine glass, but it was not wine. Oh, okay. Just to, just to clear that up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was, uh, I mean, it's pretty smart. You don't stain your teeth. If that's, if that's the route you're going to go. But, uh, no, she, I think, I think she was, uh, maybe on the spiced rum and Coke, I think. That's a great, that's a great decision as well, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah. Ra- Rachel, congratulations uh, once again. And I know you'll represent Canada well, as always at Worlds. Congrats. Thank you so much. I appreciate appreciate having me on the show. Thanks. That is Rachel Holman, the four-time Scotties champion, uh, moving into a tie, of course, with Carrie Anderson, who just won four straight, uh, but unfortunately uh, fell to uh, Kate uh, Cameron uh, in the uh, playoff qualification rounds. Um, But it's now Rachel Holman, as we also said goodbye to Jennifer Jones. What a moment it was at the Scotties.
But of course, in Saskatchewan, we now gear up for Friday. It is the opening of the Briar. The Green Zone will be there live from 2 to 6 ahead of the opening draw at the Briar at the Brant Center in Regina. So uh, come say hi if you're swinging on over. The Rec Laws play that night in the patch, by the way. Just a reminder, free admission for that show. They better play Long Live the Night or there's going to be one angry Monday rant uh, coming uh, on the Green Zone. Uh, Coming up, they were back in Vancouver. The Green Men, remember them? They were the duo who were mocking those in the penalty box against the Vancouver Canucks for a few uh, seasons. And their big showcase was, of course, that Stanley Cup run in 2011. Well, they returned on Hockey Night in Canada in Vancouver, and one of them just so happens to be one of us here at Rocco Radio, Sully from Rock 102. Yes, is one of the originals when it comes to the Green Men. We'll have a chat with Sully about being back, the start of the Green Men, and how they started, and plus how they almost died in Boston in 2011 during that Stanley Cup final. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with the year of the Green Zone on this Monday afternoon. A reminder to sign up if you have not already signed up. Why not? It's it's easy. Go to cjme.com, cko.m.com, the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest, and you sign up for your name once, and it's in for the entire year. The jackpot, ladies and gentlemen, is at $2,000. So get your name in today, and maybe it'll be you who hears your name on Friday. We'll announce it when we are doing the show live from the Briar on Friday, and we'll tell you who's playing for the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest this coming Saturday. And if a goal goes in, in the first 20 seconds on Saturday in any of the NHL games this coming weekend, and there's another 13 of them, you'll win 2000 bucks. You need your name called Friday, then you need the 20-goal or a goal within 20 seconds, you win $2,000. Sign up right now if you'd like. It's cjme.com and cko.m.com. If you're watching Hockey Night in Canada, the Vancouver Canucks and the Boston Bruins, you might have noticed something a little familiar from a decade or so ago which was two guys in green suits next to the penalty box mocking the Boston Bruins as they took penalties against the Vancouver Canucks. Yes, yesterday was the return of the Green Men, as they were known, way back in the day where these two interesting characters donned full green bodysuits from head to toe and did back handstands through Eggo waffles at the bench. They were It was all back, actually, uh, on Saturday. Well, did you know one of the original green men, one of those guys in those green suits who were at those Canuck games way back in the day just so happens to be Rock 102's own Sully? And he was back in his green suit 10 years later in Vancouver. And let's be honest. We, we can all appreciate, uh, what, 10 years 
and you can tell uh, a little di- a little different uh, in the green suits uh, for the green men. But uh, Sully, what was it like being back there again in the return of the green men? Oh my gosh, yeah, I got a lot of comments. I well. <laughs> First off, the suit fits a little tighter than I remember. Um, everyone was expecting this like svelte mid twenty year old guy. I got like a dad bod out there. It was great, just letting it go. But uh, no, it was it was amazing, man. It was just such a incredible experience, and the nostalgia of it. Like people were coming up, showing us photos on their phone from like you know ten fifteen years ago when we did a thing with them and stuff. And like it was just it was so cool, and the fact that we could share it again from start to finish and like the team was behind it like we kind of orchestrated this whole like the giant return and the tribute video and all this and uh it was just from start to finish an incredible experience but it i was so worried it was gonna go the other way it was two nothing for the longest time it looked like the canucks had no gas in the tank and i was like oh this is it this is how it ends and then uh (laughs) and then lo and behold like you couldn't have written a better script they come back, they win, and uh, n- now I imagine you're going to – the air miles between Saskatoon and Vancouver, I imagine the, the organization will be like, well, now we got to get them back uh, for yeah. the playoffs or something. Oh, I got I got Aquilini on speed down. Just uh, fuel up the plane, send it over. Yeah. Um, no, it uh, – you know, we've been – after the game, we were all kind of reminiscing, like the in-game team there who were incredible and, and chatting about, you know, what could be. And, yeah, you know th- – there's a possibility. It's a never say never kind of thing. I think after this past weekend, like we say, it could have gone completely the other way, but there's definitely an appetite for this. And it, I think it definitely added an element to the entertainment side of the game. And it just made it, uh, it just made such a cool atmosphere. And I think everyone had a great time. So I hope that it left a, a lasting impression. Uh, as good with everyone else as it did with us. Okay. We, we people in Saskatchewan are probably pondering the same question. Uh, why, where did this start? <laughs> Why the green suits? Where yeah. did you and your buddy Force, it's Force and Sully, are the, and Adam uh, Forsyth is y- your friend who uh, is in the other green bodysuit. So where did this begin for the green men? Well, we, we always give credit where it's due to Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a great show, and Charlie on the show, he put on a green suit for a few episodes and got weird with it. And, and so with the plan originally was we had a bunch of tickets to a Seahawks game, and we were sitting like way up top row in the heavens, and we're going with some buddies, and we're like, oh, it's be funny if we put on some green suits and uh, just get ridiculous. And then my suit came in the mail a day after the Seahawks game. And I had Canuck tickets. So I was like, well, this could be kind of funny. And then we went, and it just completely blew up. It went crazy. And then there was like a demand for us to come back, and it just kind of snowballed from there. So there was like an accident gone right is really how it started. But how did you get the prime seats right next to the penalty box? So... My old man's uh, roofing company back in the day had those seats, and I used to work for the company and do some roofing and stuff, and you wouldn't know it from my, like, soft baby hands now, but all oh, these things used to get dirty. Well, you, you, um, know, you know you're a bad roofer because they, they make uh, some uh, okay coin that you went into radio on how good of a roofer you are. <laughs> right? So uh, I did it for the perks. There's way more coupons and radio so uh, no so we you know we started going to a couple here and there and then once the demand kind of kicked up and there was a playoff run and we just basically took every cent that we made from this doing whether it be appearances or endorsements and put it towards the tickets to pay back sort of thing because it was pretty pricey 
Um, and then after that, after a few years, the Canucks are like, you know what? Maybe we should just give you the tickets to the games. And I was like, hey, that's not a bad idea. So, um, so yeah, so for the last few years before we retired, the Canucks were helping us out for those games. So. Uh, Sully joining us, Rock 102, uh, one of the dynamic duo of the Green Men who made a return over the weekend uh, with the Canucks and the Bruins on Hockey Night in uh, Canada. I was showing my uh, my wife and daughter. I'm like, yeah, this is Sully from Rock 102 in one of these green suits. And I, I forget who it was. It's like, well, that's kind of obnoxious. It was the first penalty when you were mocking them like yeah that's their shtick that's what they do they mock the person <laughs> in the penalty box but another question what's with the waffles what's with the egos so the waffles it's <laughs> it's interesting and actually it all kind of tied together because uh, when we first came down that first penalty it was james van reemsdyke and he was like kind of holding back laughter because we were actually mocking him when he was with the leafs like 10 or 15 years ago or whatever and uh and that's when the waffles came about so what happened was not a lot of people saw it, but we definitely did. Like the week before they played the Leafs back in, I think it was 2010 or 2011, the Leafs were terrible. Not much has, mm-hmm. not much has changed. But the uh, and so, anyways, they were a guy ran down at the end of the game. I don't know how he had or why he had these with him, but he threw a box of waffles on the ice at the Air Canada Center, <laughs> and then he just like stormed out of there. He was all upset about the loss, and so we came to the game. The Canucks were playing the Leafs the next uh, week. And so we brought in a giant case of waffles and just started chucking them. I think it was like Mike Commissarek in the box or something. And then it just became like one of our big things. It was one of our big stunts between that and like the cutouts and the handstands. And so people are always talking about the waffles. So we brought it back. And it's so funny because you look at like comments online. First and foremost, you should never do that. But uh, especially when you're filling out the suits like we were these days. But uh, and so, but you could totally see who were like the new generation of Canuck fans and who were the old ones because there would be a post like, "What's the deal with the waffles?" and then like an old millennial Canuck fan will come in and be like, "Oh, this dates back to this time." And um, <laughs> so it was cool to to bring it all together. Uh, Sully joining us, Rock One Hundred Two, as uh, the Green Men, and he was uh, one of the OGs. There, but you lived a life in those suits, um, including you almost died in Boston. <laughs> as a member of the Green Men during the Stanley Cup final in 2011. Yeah. How? So we're going to Boston. Canucks are up 2 nothing in the series. I remember being in the cab on the way to the arena, and I'm thinking to myself, because, you know, a few hundred people made the trip out to Boston, right? Canuck mm-hmm. fans and stuff. I'm thinking to myself, like, I might be one of the luckiest Vancouverites in the world because I might get to see my team win the Cup on the road. And everything changed very quickly that night. So, like, the Canucks are just killing it. They look great. First 10 minutes, they're all over the Bruins. And then Aaron Rome hits Nathan Horton kind of behind the play, right? We all remember the hit heard around the world. Uh Everything, the whole series changed. It turned on its head right in that moment. But nobody could take their frustration out on the players on the ice. So they took him out on these two idiots in green suits (laughs) sitting in the crowd you would not believe the profanity, the death threats we got. Garbage is raining down from all over the place on us. Anyways, the Bruins just start running up the board. With a minute left in the game, we hear this like somebody yelling at us at the end of the row. We're like, what is going on? We look over. There's two Boston police officers, and they're waving us over frantically. So we run over there. Like We thought, like, what are we getting arrested for here? This is ridiculous. And they're like, okay, there's a minute left. We need to get you out of this arena now or you're going to lose your teeth. Like, get out now. <laughs> they run us back to like this like backstage kind of bathroom. They're like, change into your clothes now. They're like yelling at us. 
And so we just like whip off, like the suits were still under our clothes. We're just putting them on over top. They sneak us out like a back door of the arena. And they weren't kidding, man, because there was a giant mob in front of the TD Garden just ready to lose it on anybody in a Canuck jersey. So they saved our lives that night. It was a close one. Yeah. Uh, road trips in the green suits, probably not as fun as the home games in the green suits. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we went to Nashville in that cup run, and Nashville is a cool party town. We had a great time. But what's funny is that Rogers Arena, when you sit down at the rink, like rink level, it's so bright. So you can kind of see what's going on. If you go back 10 steps from the rink, you can't see anything in these suits. If it gets even just a slight amount darker out, you can't see nothing. And so this one game in Nashville, I think they went to like two or three overtimes. So essentially, we sat in pure darkness for six hours. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty rough. But, yeah, the road trips were pretty epic back in the day. Um, how many? Uh, and then real quick, you did, a, you did a few handstands. You used to do it back in the day. Uh, you're, as you mentioned, you're a dad now. How? Come on, be honest. Like before, you knew you were returning. Were you in your basement trying handstands <laughs> in your green suit before you arrived on Saturday night for hockey night in Canada? No exercise, no prep. I'm like, I'm just gonna hit it cold and see what happens. And then we went down. Like, so we shot a couple of videos with the team, uh, with the in-game team before the game. So before they opened the doors to everybody, we're in, down by the seats, and and uh, and I gave it like a shot. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's give it a try. And I biffed it hard. And uh, and then I was like, all right, well, you know, fingers crossed. Now I know what not to do. And then uh, it came game time, and I just threw it up there. I stuck the landing. I got tens across the board. It was it was perfect. So, like, we all never right. left. Yes. And uh, fun. is this the year? Is this the year um, for oh, the Vancouver man. Canucks? Or? Oh, if I had a dime for every time I got excited on this team <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in February. You know I'm a Canucks fan, like you're a Canucks fan, and we both know what is going to happen. It's going to be ending in devastation. We're just trying to f figure out if it'll be Nick Lidstrom from the red line on Dan Cloutier or Aaron Rome flipping the series with a dirty oh, check gosh. on Nathan Horton. Yeah, you know, one one team gets the ring every year, and of course they have the best year of anybody of those fans. Let's just hope to have more fun, because we're having fun right now. Yeah. Let's not set the bar too high. <laughs> And then if we exceed it, I mean, that's icing on the cake, right? All right, uh, Sully, uh, thank you so much. And, and being a Canuck guy, um, yeah, you have to go back for the playoffs. I'm demanding it, really. <laughs> All right, tell, tell Aquilini. My phone's on. Go right on. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Now, Sully, Rock 102, one of the two green men, I am, they have to go back. They were there. The Canucks were on a four-game losing streak. They came back late to tie, won it in overtime. There's just been magic in the air when the green men are there uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. And one of the originals uh, from Rock 102 is Sully. Champs and Chumps next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You two are winners. Big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best. And you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, you're a bad person. Each and every day, one champ and one chump. The chumps, and that is uh, plural. There is a lot of heat on Jennifer Jones after last night's final. And I couldn't believe it. And that, it's this isn't a major chump, but if you watch that and went, Jennifer Jones is stealing from Rachel Homan's moment as a champion, I went, not really. 
Not at all. It was her final Scotty. She's won six of them. That was an organic, great moment in sports to see a crowd in Calgary stand and celebrate a six-time champion who we all know is retiring. That was her last shot at the Scotties. I thought it was a very fitting conclusion to Jennifer Jones's career. And Rachel got, she got the parade down the ice and everything else, and she got the get the gold medals with the trophy presentation. She was honored as the champion. But I thought it was an organic moment and a great one. So to, And if you're upset about how it was handled, the interviews and stuff, that's TSN's deal. They're broadcasting a live event with something happening live in the moment, trying to make production calls like that. But the champs, speaking of uh, live in the moment, uh, producers, talent, hosts, people who are answering the phones, people who raise money and money and money at Kinsman Telemiracle, another great year, over $6 million donated to Telemiracle that goes to so many deserving and needed people in Saskatchewan. Uh, so if you were donating, if you ran something that helped raise money for the Kinsman Telemiracle, you are the champs here on the Green Zone this afternoon.